Hello and welcome back to the Bear Claw Podcast right here on FFSN, Fans First Sports Network. This is the Chicago Bears podcast talking all things Chicago Bears right here with Joey Christopoulos. You can follow me at Joey Sports Guy. And with my co-host, as always, let's bring him in right now. Let's go one at a time. It's Vincent Saunders. What's up, man? How's it going, Joe? How you feel? OTAs, baby. One step closer. One, one at a time. We're inching our way to week one. We're getting there closer by closer. Uh, and let's bring in our other co-host here. He is Quentin Maddox. Quentin, welcome back, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How you feeling? Uh, dude, I'm feeling good, man. Uh, you know, the end of May is coming up. Weather's changing. Birds are starting to chirp a little bit. We're getting into the summer. Uh, and then once the summer starts, in my opinion, this starts to go really, really fast. I mean, then training camp's here before you know it. And then we're kicking it off towards week one. So with the last week of May, I thought it would be a good idea to have you guys come on here. And we're going to talk a little bit about like we've done the excitement thing. We've done the NFL draft. We've done the offseason acquisitions. Uh, we've talked potential here. I think today for this next 30 minutes, I think we're going to talk a little bit about concerns. And when we say concerns, Bears fans, when you're listening to this, it doesn't necessarily mean that we think that these things are going to happen and all hope is lost. But when we say concern, I think it also means something that you're going to want to keep an eye on, especially in training camp and in preseason. And these are things that, let's be honest, a 3-14 and 14 Bears team still needs to work on so vincent i think you're going to kick it off you're going to bat lead off here on this one um i asked you to come up with a couple of lists of concerns that kind of have you up at night right now as a bears fan so why don't you toss one of them out there what is it right now i think for all bears fans uh the number one concern heading into this season is the progression of justin fields as a passer um we saw him make spectacular plays all all season, basically last year, mostly on the ground, but that has a shelf life. You know, we understand rushing for a thousand yards, seven, what, 0.8, I think it was a pop per rush last year. That's not something that could be duplicated, at least something that's not something we can count on from our quarterback going into a year, especially if you want to win. And I want to win. So we do need to. Um, we do need to expect Justin to uh, mature a little bit as in knowing when a receiver is open at this level. And that's some, that's a place where he struggled, you know, in his last, his first two seasons, he, we got the tools for him. We went out there and got DJ. They went out there and got Clay, uh, Chase Claypool. And they went out there and drafted another receiver. So we need to see that we need to see the, uh, the, the fruit bore as, as so to, so to speak. Uh, in that uh in the passing game well vincent let me tell you something right now i think the fact that you're leading off the show with this it takes balls my friend i i i know i honestly i genuinely love this take because when you hop on bears twitter there's a lot that kind of goes back and forth right and i think i you know i'm a big justin fields fan and i think every bears fan has grown up their entire lives wanting to have that franchise quarterback to have that guy that we can cheer for week in and week out and have someone that's actually around for five to 10 years playing winning football from the quarterback position. And we all want it to be Justin Fields deep down in our hearts, but I completely agree with you. There is a little level of concern. Quentin, do you share that level of concern? And and would you rank that up there? You know, in terms of the progression of Justin Fields, you know, is it a level of concern for you? It's definitely the number one concern in training camp. Um, like Vince said, we've seen the spectacular plays on the ground. We've even seen 
him um, get outside the pocket and uh, the defense break down and him, you know, make a big play. But we need to see him from the pocket. We need to see him win from the pocket consistently. We need to see him be able to uh, diagnose plays at the line of scrimmage, uh, read defense at the line of scrimmage, make adjustments, not hold on to the ball as long, identify blisters. It's definitely the number one concern far and away for the 2023 Bears. I feel like everything else can easily be remedied, but you're not going anywhere without strong quarterback play in the modern NFL. So we put all our chips in. You sent multiple picks for them. It's something that, that we need to see develop. Otherwise, it's pushing the franchise back because they'll be back next year trying to draft the quarterback. We got two first-round picks next year. I'd rather not be trying to trade into the top three to get our next quarterback and develop them. I don't know if the word is ironic or if it's just deeply apropos that for the Chicago Bears franchise who have wanted a quarterback all this time, we finally have a quarterback in Justin Fields who has every physical trait you could ever ask for, right? I agree. He's got, he's got height. He's got speed. He's got strength. I think, I think he's incredibly smart. I think he's an incredible leader. I think the intangibles of him wanting to be great, they're all right there. But again, we're asking ourselves the question, can he pass? I mean, like we've been burned you know so many times. You know we've mean? been burned so many times. We've been excited so many times. I remember the Jay Cutler trade. That was yeah. the happiest I've been as a bear. Yeah. Um, other than that Super Bowl year, um, where I wasn't around for '85, or I was a baby in '85, but 2006. But I remember being so excited about Jay Cutler, and it just never clicked. So, as a Bears fan, you always have to. I don't know, prepare for the worst or worry until you see it, until we see him. But actually, week in, week out, be one of the consistently the best quarterbacks in the NFL. There's got to be a major concern for us. Well, and you mentioned something that I that I noticed early on. And look, I'm not any kind of quarterback guru or anything, but you mentioned something, too, where I, I noticed with Justin Fields, where whether it's a three-step, a five-step, a seven-step drop, doesn't matter the steps. When he plants that back right foot, that's decision time for a quarterback. And what I kind of yeah. noticed with Justin Fields is there's that 0. 0.4, 0. 0.5, 0. 0.6 seconds when he plants that back right foot where he, I don't think he a thousand percent knows where he's going with the football. Now, last year, what he kind of started doing right was he would plant that foot. If it wasn't there, he'd say, screw Take it. Off. And he'd, he'd bounce off the pocket, right? Yeah. Which led to some really awesome plays. But in my opinion, and as you mentioned, Quentin, and I think you did it very eloquently, it's not sustainable, Right. And I just want to see when he hits that, when he plants that back right foot, that he's ready to let loose and unleash those arrows across the field. And that's part of that quest that every quarterback goes through of whether you can cross that bridge from that, that processing bridge of knowing what you're doing. You know, you could read the plays and draw it up on the whiteboard, but once you get out there and the bullets start flying, whether you can actually make that happen. So guys, I mean, I, I love it. I think that's a great first concern. I mean, it should be the number one concern, right? I mean, it's going to dictate where, where we're going to be and where we're going to go. And if Justin Fields is not the guy, as you mentioned again, Quentin, we're going to be looking at guys in the draft next year. We'll be looking. <sighs> Start the clock over again. I mean, you know what I mean? I and, know and we're all I, sick of that. Well, and it goes back to and – and then we go back to the mistake of Mitch Trubisky because taking Mitch Trubisky, unfortunately, is going to turn into a decade-long problem for the Chicago Bears, and hopefully Justin Fields is our yeah. last hope to get out of it. 
Um, great one, great first one, Vincent. Um, Quentin, uh, give me one, give me another one. What else is concerning you? What are, what are your top concerns with the Chicago Bears right now in May as we head into OTAs? I think the last time I was on, um, I alluded to this, but it's definitely the pass rush. Um, I just don't know where they're going to generate pressure. I mean, that is that is probably the second concern. We don't have a guy. Who has, I mean, yeah, like you said, we signed to Marcus Walker. He had a pretty good year last year. We don't have a guy that's a double Jesus fat guy right now. So, you know, when you, when you, when you blitz, you take away from the pass protection. So I just want to know how they're going to get pressure because you can't let quarterbacks sit in the pocket three. They'll pick you apart. Doesn't matter how good your secondary is or how good your scheme is. So it's, it's definitely the pass rush for me. We got a lot of unproven guys there. Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to uh, go out there and say that it's one of the stronger points of our team right now. Vincent, if the Bears went out right now and I don't know, let, there's a lot of guys still out on the street, right? Defensive veteran, defensive end, pass rushers. So, Vincent, let's just say they go out there and sign one of those guys. Does that change how you're feeling or do you would still feel like the defensive line is a concern heading into training camp? Oh, I would still feel that way. Uh, none of the guys out there as of right now are def- um Difference makers. Uh, we need a difference maker, as of what Q said. We don't have one of those on the defensive line. And unless we're going to be sending the house, you know, 60, 70% of the game, it doesn't look like we're going to be one of those teams that get a constant pressure on the quarterback, which spells doom for the defense. Um, yeah, so, it, yeah, that is, if, if that's not the number one concern, you know, as they say, defensive wins championships, right? If 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 Justin Fields is the number one concern, that defense pressure, our back seven being uh being exposed, that's a very high concern. That's probably one A. I mean one B. Yeah, look, I'm I, forgive me. We're in the middle of baseball season right now, right? But the defensive line, it's still a major concern. I completely agree with you guys because. Look on paper right now, everything everything seems like it could be okay, but once the games start to be played, it could just turn out to be such a bad sore spot, and it could be stealing away victories when we're actually so close to turning this team around, this franchise around. And if we can't get off the field on third down in the late third quarter or the early fourth quarter and it's burning up minutes on a possible drive that Justin Fields probably needs to maybe lead our team back to victory, um, it's going to cost us, right? And in baseball, it's like one of those things where you're like, oh, don't worry, the bullpen's going to be fine. And then the bullpen is the exact thing that screws you up, right? Like, don't worry. Uh, if, if in basketball, it's like, don't worry. You know, we don't really have a lot of size. We're just going to play small ball a lot. And then you're getting killed on the boards in the playoffs. It's just kind of one of those things that once you talk about it and then when you actually start seeing it happening, it can turn into a real problem. Um, I want to throw one out there uh, for one of my particular concerns um, right now is – I'll be honest with you, and maybe this is a controversial thing, but wide receiver depth concerns me. And here's mm. what I mean. Here's what I mean by that. I know I love it. DJ Moore, we got him. Fantastic. This is great news, right? But we've covered it a little bit here on the Bear Claw Podcast. Who is J- who is Chase Claypool? What is Chase Claypool? Can he actually contribute out there? We all know Darnell Mooney is coming off of an ankle surgery who he says right now he's going to be ready for training camp. Again, yet to be seen. You take it day by day, try and get as healthy as you can. And all I'm kind of saying a little bit is that 
I don't think that there's anything that the Bears can do about it, but if they were to say maybe lose DJ Moore for a game or two to an ankle injury, if Chase Claypool is ineffective, borderline unplayable, you're forcing Tyler Scott in the mix. I mean, get ready for more EQ St. Brown snaps, right? And I just think it gets really thin really fast. And I know that a lot of us want us to take another step offensively this year. I just don't think we're going to do it without those weapons on the outside. And look, I, I maybe I'm kind of picking a little bit, like kind of picking at a nit a little bit. But uh, but Quentin, do you hear what I'm saying? We're like, you know, DJ Moore is a great addition, but we got to stay healthy in that room because if we don't, it gets thin really quick, in my opinion. We're definitely a DJ Moore hamstring away from being possibly the a bottom five receiver core. We've seen Darnell Mooney for I think it's been three years now. We've seen him for three years. We know what he is. Um, it's not a knock against him, but that's not a guy who can carry the burden of being a number one receiver. Uh, Chase Claypool, we saw him in uh, spurts last year. We've seen him maybe a couple big plays. But he wasn't very effective. I don't know if him and Justin Fields weren't on the same page and learning a new offense midseason. But, yeah, if we're back down to Claypool and Mooney, um, it's scary, obviously, because the third receiver right now could be Venus Jones. <laughs> and we don't know. <laughs> He's a guy with some speed and some playmaking, but we don't know if he could play receiver. So now you're down to a lot of Thomas Scott, who I do like. I do like Thomas Scott, but he's a rookie unproven he's a fourth round pick so you got to be realistic in your expectations but yeah we're one dj Moore hamstring or even a Darnell Mooney ankle injury or injury away from from possible scary hours of wide receiver you need three receivers in this in, in this in modern day nfl you definitely need three receivers three capable guys out there yeah vincent hop in on this i mean i know i'm kind of saying water is wet when injuries can deplete a roster but but this season we've done a lot in the wide receiver room and we need to stay, keep our top guys in top shape or else we're going to be in the same position we were in last year. I'm going to go a different angle. Um, I think receiver is possibly the quote-unquote easiest um, position to develop. Just, you know, because from a schematic standpoint. So I'm going to place the, the heavier burden on our offensive uh, coaches. Can we get these guys coached up and, you know, put them in position to be successful? Um, we know what DJ Moore can do, um, you know, get him in space or get just get him get him on an island with somebody, you know, just put the ball up there. We know he can get down. Chase Claypool, can, can we put can we scheme him open? Can we scheme <laughs> him in the middle of the field against a, against a small nickel and let him let him abuse him? And hopefully he catches the ball. Um can we can we get uh, Darnell Mooney and some and some other similar favorable positions? I think that'll be I think that'll be the 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 goal for uh, that wide receiver room. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think this this wide receiver room is very you know talent wise. I don't think it's top half. Maybe uh, it'd be it, middle it, middle of the pack is probably yeah, fair, right? I agree. You know? I, I think yeah, I think so. If you said if you told me it was number sixteen in the league, I'm like, okay, that sounds about right. But um, I think this is going. I think this is all going to be scheme. I think we have to come out there with a inventive play calling sheet, and you know, to get these guys on the move, get them in space, and you know, abuse like I said, abuse matchups. It's a fair um, point. Vince, yeah, go ahead, Q. Go ahead. I know you said scheming playful open the man at six foot five. Um, <laughs> We traded a very high pick for him. I need him to win 
one-on-one. I need him to win in man. And I didn't see – I watched a few um, all 22 and, 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 and coaches tape. Yeah. Yeah, there were some times when him and Fields weren't on the same, same uh, page. But I need that guy to win in one-on-one matches. He's got to win a lot more. Yeah, he you, he doesn't uh, for a guy his size, in my opinion. I don't think he, fights, he does. He doesn't he fight off. He doesn't fight off the ball. Like if you put some hands on him a little bit, you can kind of piss him off pretty quick, and and you can kind of take him out of the play a lot that, quicker that, than you would think physically. That that is exactly why I say we got to we got to help him out because I I don't see it. I don't see it. Uh, we can just say you know, uh, clear out that side of the clear out that side of the field for him. He's got he's got single high. Let's 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 put him out. Let's put him up there for him. I, I don't see him being successful. In fact, we saw enough. His career has been long enough. We've seen him lose those battles more time than win those battles. So I think we gotta you know put him in motion, get him get him on a nickel, get him on a get him on a linebacker, and, and let's see him do some work. I don't I don't think I don't think we need to waste any more time. You know, putting him on the outside. Oh yeah, he's six five. Let, let let's put him. Let's let's go. Let's go. Sorry, up against he, him he's, got, he's got to he's got to win those matchups. He's got to win those matchups. We might as well trade him. Justin, Justin, Justin also has to trust him a little bit more. Uh, give us some 50-50 balls. See what he can do. I saw him win one against South Gardner um, last year in, what was that, the, the, the great Trevor Simeon game. I seen him I seen him win a one-on-one down the sideline. So I would like to see him get his opportunity at a few more 50-50 balls. I've never, I've never, I've never seen someone refer to it as the Great Simeon game, <laughs> uh, but that's your, that's your trademark, my friend. That was, yeah. that was a very entertaining game. Entertaining, I mean, frustrating. That's very true. That's that's very true. And, and I and Quentin, man, I I think you're right. I mean, it's it's totally on the player this year to show up and show out, especially in a contract year when he's due one point five million dollars and do zero from any particular team the following year. But to Vincent, man, your point. There is a really interesting chicken and the egg situation going on this summer with Luke Getze's offense where, okay, I can play, I can play one side of the fence and say, look, Luke Getze maybe didn't trust the wide receivers that we had developing Justin as a passer. We're going to be a run heavy outfit. Hell we're leading the NFL in rushing. So let's just keep doing what we're doing. But at some point in the modern NFL, you have to average more than 22 pass attempts a game which is what the Chicago Bears averaged last year. So does Luke Getze up that marker a little bit? And if he doesn't, is that some sort of in weird way, like a, 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 a indoctrination of, or an indictment, excuse me, on Justin Fields' play that he doesn't trust him to throw the ball more than 25 times a game, which is still on the lower end of NFL normal functioning offenses. So Vincent, man, I think you're bringing up a good point with that coaching staff. Where I mean, I, whether you like it or not, you're gonna have to maybe try and air it out a little bit, and that's gonna kind of have to come down to figuring out ways to scheme up Chase Claypool, get that confidence going, so you can do that with those types of players in this offense that hopefully is gonna be better this year. Uh, Vincent, throw out us another concern. Let's go. Let's go back to defense. Um, we already talked about the the lack of uh, defensive pressure that we that we're anticipating. Coming into the season, you know, best based on just based on where we was at last year. I'm going to talk about our, our two bad guys in the safe in the safeties. Um, Eddie Jackson. He had a he had a great comeback season last year. We need him, we need him to continue doing that. Um for the most for the most part, because I think I think this is his, I think he's also in a uh, contract season. 
Um, so let's put up or shut up. Do do uh, do we have a guy back there that uh that we're confident in for the next handful of years, or are we going to be start scouting his replacement? Yeah, Q, where on that? Um, well, I don't think his replacement is on the roster. We got Jaquan Brisker, but behind them, the depth at safety is is really thin. Are we? Is is it Elijah Hicks that's next up? I think it's Elijah Hicks. He's a seventh round pick yeah. from last year. Who we? Who, yeah, from sa- uh, from safety, and then we're rotating. Um, obviously, what is it? Uh, you know, they brought in the other the other Jalen Jones, and then um, you know, guys still have Kendall Vildor there. Um, that is then, a very concerning spot as well. The other outside corner spot. Uh, Gordon seems to be a nickel. Um, who's starting? They, they want it to be. Outside they want they wanted to be they wanted to be Stevenson and yeah, you know, know. they had a couple they had a couple guys that showed up a little bit towards the end of last year and uh, and look man I, I think it's a fair a fair thing you're bringing up Vincent is like I mean the secondary is very young um I do think that there's a lot of talent at that unit but typically what happens with youth right there's up and down performance so I think we are going to get the flashes like we saw from Gordon and Brisker but man, that is a really, really young secondary, and if you're matching it with a defensive line that's going to struggle, Quentin, there are possibilities. There's possibilities where I'm not saying all the time, right? But there might be some games, cough, cough, Minnesota Vikings, where uh, we might get destroyed back there. And you know what I mean? It's just going to be one of those bad days, you know, and we might have to prepare ourselves for that. Yeah, like you alluded to with the depth of wide receiver, the depth in the secondary is concerning. I, I, I really do like. I do like Gordon. I think Jalen Johnson is proven. I like where where Brister is heading to, and I think Eddie Jackson is a veteran. But behind them, I mean, we are we are really thin. And I think that Minnesota game was a game where we had injuries and were really really exposed. Like, um, I don't feel confident running Kendall Vildor out there again, or or Jalen Jones, or Josh Blackwell, or. Mm-hmm. Any of the other guys, I mean, the, the depth is thin. And I would feel better if the front if the front four was better because then you could kind of hide those guys. We can't hide our secondary because our, our front four isn't good enough. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. Co- Cousins went 19 for 19 in that game, right, to start the game, right? Didn't he go like 19 for yeah, 19, something 20 ridiculous. for 20? Something ridiculous, yeah. He did. He, did. he, he had a – he had a probably his best game of his career <laughs> in the first half against us. Yeah, you're you're welcome, Kirk Cousins. Great, the worst the worst Bears defense I've ever seen in my life. And Kirk Cousins, that's his best game. That totally checks out. That completely makes sense. Quentin, throw us another concern. Um, Vince actually took it because I was going to say the secondary, but um, I will go. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this. Um, I'm going to go kicker. Uh, I was going to do that. Um, I was going to do that too. Sandro is very inconsistent down the stretch, and when I go to sleep at night, I still have nightmares of Cody Parker 2018. So now kicking is, is something that's entrenched in my bare brain. So I see how much a kick can destroy the season. I just don't want to be in a, in a in in the hunt for the playoffs coming down to the final couple games, and he. This is an easy chip shot. I don't know what was going on with him. He's been pretty accurate as a bear. But last year, when he came back from the injury, um, what do you have? Five missed extra points. 
Yeah, it wasn't great. That is startling. That is startling for a modern kicker. Yeah. Let's be honest. It wasn't great. And um, I do know that, obviously, Robbie Gold is trying to break into broadcast media. I believe he's doing work in uh, the very home of Chicago, doing ESPN Chicago right now. So I'm wondering, could there maybe be a reunion and a stopgap situation? And, Quentin, man, I'm with you, dude. It's not like – it's not the most pressing concern. But you do want to ask yourself the question that, like, if the Chicago Bears are going to be better and if we're on some sort of timeline that incrementally means we're going to be competing for playoff spots and hopefully – NFC titles or Super Bowls in the next three or four years, um, you're going to want to figure out that kicker thing. You're going to want to figure it out pretty quickly because the stopgap stuff is really what screws you know teams over. Like you know what I mean? I don't know if that means you go young and just try you don't to figure that out. Games anymore. Yeah, you can't but to lose close games. I mean, Vincent, this sounds it's a con- it's not a concern for today. It's a concern for tomorrow, right, Vincent? Uh, that, like you I need to figure it out. It, I actually think it's a concern for today as well because. It all plays into how you coach, you know, um, yeah, if, you, if, totally. if they have concerns, you know, granted, uh, maybe they're founded or not. If they have concerns about the kicking game, that, that affects your play calling. And that, 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 you know what that means? We lean more on Justin's and his, and his running ability. And you know what that means? We open him up to more hits. All of it's, all of it's important. All of it's entangled. So I'll add one more. I'll add one more really quick. You go for it on fourth and sixth at the 35 yard line because you don't think you can kick a 51 yard field goal. Stuff like that. Go. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go. Keep going. All of all of all of it. All of it matters. Um, Again, we do need to stop doing stop gaps. If we need to find our guys and and you know build out of that because it it, you know again the Cody Parkey thing I haven't slept right since. Uh, <laughs> I hear double doink everywhere I go. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I, it, it might it might sound like a, a a luxury right now, but definitely having a kicker you can depend on is something you definitely need to have in this NFL. Yeah, it's something to just kind of monitor, and hopefully, Cairo Santos has a bounce back season because uh, the Chicago Bears could definitely unit and it would use it, and it would be good for his career. Uh, I'm gonna throw out one more concern, and then we're gonna get one more from each of you before we get out of here. Just a little concern right now that I know that we're excited about what we've done in the draft and in free agency, and we feel pretty good about what we're doing with this particular position group moving forward. But can I just ask a question? Who's our backup left tackle? Mm. Just so, and here's just what I'm saying with that, right? Is again all centered around health, but there is a world where who's our backup left tackle? And it would it ever be a situation where if Braxton Jones did go down for a couple of games here and there, would the Bears then be tempted to put Darnell right at left tackle and kind of roll with that, which honestly I think that terrifies me. He's a young player. I think we need to keep his confidence up. He needs reps at one position. He's the right tackle of our future. Moving him over to left tackle out of necessity I think might be good for the Bears in that very moment, but might be good for the player long-term. And I'm just asking the question, who's the backup left tackle for the Chicago Bears? Riley Reef left. Um, he's in uh, He's in New England. New England, right? Okay. Uh-huh. I, believe it's, I believe Larry Bourne. Who? <laughs> I believe Larry Bourne. I believe, and I think Alex Leatherwood is still on the roster. I don't know if he's playing guard or tackle or, but I think Larry Bourne is backing up the right side and the left side. And the last time we seen him, he was really bad. He was really bad. 
He was back Alec, in the Al, Alex, he was Is it Alex Leatherwood? Alex Leatherwood to Tyre Carter? It, it might be. It might be Carter. You know, they're high on him. I don't know if he's I don't know where Carter's playing at these days. I know. I think he came in as a tackle and they moved him inside. So I don't know if he has positional versatility, but I think Larry Bourne is the swing tackle. Um, yeah. And it's either Leatherwood or Carter behind him. Yeah, there's not a lot of depth on the offensive line either. There's not a lot of depth anywhere. I feel like I'm already putting too much bad juju. I'm putting, I'm putting too yeah, much I'm bad just, juju out there. You got a lot of running backs. <laughs> Do I? Well, I mean, let's put three of them all there. We, one we have that. We, we have running backs. Um, I don't want to belabor that because I don't even want to think about it. I was just kind of throwing it out there as something to think about. Uh, Vincent, give me one more concern. Uh, this one's coming out of left field. Um, this is only a concern if everything goes right. Um, Luke Getzey getting getting uh, head coaching offers. Oh, everything right. goes everything goes right. We got Luke Getzey, you know, makes Justin Fields into an MVP candidate. He'll get all those. He'll get those. He'll get those calls. He'll get that interest. But you know how national media loves to do it, which means you know a young quarterback getting the third and what, a new offensive coordinator. Yeah, a new offensive coordinator, and that can either make or break uh, his trajectory. Um, How old is Getsy? Um, he's, he's he's a young dude. I think he's yeah. like mid thirties, maybe 36, 37 years old, somewhere around. Oh, there. Actually, have I, I have a, I have a friend. I have a friend who actually like went to school with him, and they know him like socially, Luke Getsy, like in real life, not on the football field. First of all, I, I see. I heard he's he's actually a really great dude. Um, but yeah, no, he's like in his like mid to late thirties. Don't you think, Quinn? Though, don't you think wouldn't Janako just take over? Wouldn't that just, or do you think Andrew Janako, the quarterbacks coach, wouldn't he just take over, right? If Getsy left, or do you think that would? I would, I would, I would think so, but um, I hate to lose. That asked how old Getsy was because um, the trend in the NFL has been to take young coaches. Um, mm-hmm. so that is actually a real concern. Again, that's only if everything goes right. But if the Bears end up as a top ten offense. Who's to say some team wouldn't uh, find Getty very attractive to their head coaching vacancy? So that is actually a concern. Um, yeah, I don't know who would take him. It probably would be the quarterback coach, but uh, I don't know a lot about him. So yeah, no, no. I mean, you look. It's what happens. Bears go to the Super Bowl. They lose Ron Rivera. You know what I mean? It just that's that's part of the business. It's just the way it goes. But yeah, yeah Vincent. I mean, I think that's a problem. Lost I'd like. I think that's a problem I'd like to have. Those are good problems. Yeah. Those oh are yeah, yeah. Good I definitely the main went well. I will. I would love for. I would love for it to happen. Um, just throwing it out there as as a concern. Like, are we? St- it, it might stun us a little bit. You know. But I'll take it. I'll take. I'll take. I'll take what's behind that door. Other than you know what what's the what's the visible path. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a weird business too, as well, where you're like. Luke Getzey comes in, he has a good year, and then he gets all these head coaching offers and leaves. When, when you're like, can you win something first? Can you win a yeah. can we can you win a playoff can we, game? Can we get some sustained success before you leave? Yeah, I, I hear. I mean, that's one of the weird things, and probably one of the weird things about the modern NFL. But yeah, no, definitely something to keep an eye on. And if that's the case, then something went right. That's for sure. So. I, I don't know. Bitter, bittersweet, maybe, is the word to, to encapsulate that if Luke Getzey left. Uh, Quentin, do you got any more concerns before we get out of here? 
has been talked about so much over the last few years, but it's still the offensive line. Offensive um, line is still a concern. Um, the interior, there's, there's still a lot of um, questions there. I guess they're going with Tevin Jenkins. I guess Cody Whitehair is settled. But I remember, um, was it Whitehair and Mitch that had a lot of problems with the with the snap? Was it was it twenty nineteen? Yeah, Cody's not good at snapping the ball. Now, granted, yeah. you give him a thousand reps in the offseason, maybe he he tightens that up. But yeah, if I remember correctly, Cody is not good at snapping the ball, especially in shotgun. He was not good last year at all either. So he's getting older. Um, still got to be the offensive line. That, that that's still a concern. I do feel good about our two young tackles. Um, I'm probably not as high on Branson Jones as. The Bears front office is. I feel like he, yeah, if he didn't get a lot strong, he was he's very susceptible to bull rushes last year. And um, I don't know how much strong he got in one off season. And uh, I don't know if we, if they were more so surprised at his play. Um, but measuring him to uh, the elite left tackles, I don't know if he's there yet. I think. In, in, in certain regards, he was a pleasant surprise because he wasn't brutal. You know, he's a fifth-round pick and a rookie, so um, I don't know if he gets exposed this year, if he grows. So the offensive line is still a concern to me. Still a huge concern. Yeah, Vincent, uh, scale of 1 to 10, you know, where is where was your concern level last year at this time? Where is your <laughs> concern level now? Like, is it improved? And if so, by how much? Oh, it's definitely higher now because I have expectations. Um, this, time, this time last year, I knew the Bears are going to be terrible. So I, I didn't, you know, my uh, my concern level was very minimal. Now, you know, after, you know, after a week after we've had our, you know, um, win-loss episode, I, I, mean, I, I don't want to sound like uh, a giant a-hole, but... I expect this thing to be over 500. <laughs> so all these, all this whole episode kind of makes me want to think like, maybe we should run that back and <laughs> run that back one more time. Cause we do have some real life concerns. And with that being said, my, my, you know, scale of one to 10, I'm at a, I'm at a good seven. Yeah. I feel like I'm like a 6.2 something something along those lines 6.2378 round up whatever um well look yeah my my stance on the offensive line right now is i think the center position is going to be a bigger issue of whether it's going to be Lucas Patrick or Cody Whitehair i think that's a little bit more of a competition that people want to make it seem like um and and i'm with you guys where i think that this unit is certainly a year or more away from what we would consider being elite or turning into what we would call a strength on the team. Um, but I do think that they're going to be all right. And I think in general, for the most part, I think that they were pretty good last year. Like there were some rough moments against obviously like the commanders, the commanders game was a really, really tough game. Um, you know, once the game got out of control against the Cowboys a little bit, that one got a little rough. Uh, the lions, obviously Aiden Hutchinson kind of had, had his way with us at times last way. year. You know what I mean? So obviously there's definitely some concerns there, but I, I just don't think it's as bad of a unit as it has, as we have seen in previous years, and it is getting better. So just keep making progress on that, in my opinion. Like, I don't think we're going to be elite by season's end, but I think the hope is 
in the next year or so, hopefully Braxton Jones, and definitely it's got to be Darnell Wright because we just drafted the dude. Got to be Darnell Wright has to turn into an elite player. Right? Oh, you passed on Jalen Carter. He's got to. He's got to be very good. Especially yeah, Jalen Carter meets expectations. No, no doubt about it. That dude needs to be an elite, elite player. Um, which means you have at least got one, and then you're kind of hoping if maybe not elite, you get like a, a good and a half from a Braxton Jones and someone else, and maybe all of a sudden you can get a little bit closer to having that becoming the strength of your team. Um, this was the Bear Claw Podcast on FFSN. Uh, make sure you check us out wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple. Tell a friend if you listened to this episode and you liked it because we're going to be here all season long, all summer long, breaking down Chicago Bears news and notes and getting you ready for the season. 